Welcome to Three Cops Talk. On this podcast, three active duty police officers discuss behind the scenes stories and real life accounts of what it's like to be a cop. Every episode, you'll get an inside look at the challenges and dangers they face on a daily basis, as well as the triumphs and inspirational moments that make it all worth it. If you want to understand more about the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day, then this is the show for you. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. All right, folks, uh, welcome back. We're going to do a real quick hit show here today. Uh, this is Sean from Three Cops Talk. I am joined yet again by the Polish Fog from down hey, in hey. Florida, Rich Uncle Chris, and the thrifty Norwegians <laughs> with us from Illinois, thrifty, Big Sergeant Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um, just again, get right to it. Uh, the banter today is going to be about your, the news, big things going on. The President of the United States had a search warrant served on his home, and you know people are really confused about it. You know, the talking heads, uh, you know, the talking heads, and your social media as well are really confused about what warrants are about. And you know, police operate in that world all the time. And again, it's yet another thing that when you hear this as a cop, you're like, "What are these people talking about?" Right. We got to realize that most people don't take criminal justice classes. Most people don't wade into this on the level that we do. Unfortunately for us, Chris. We've yes. got a resident yes. expert with us. A SME, a SME, as they a say. A SME, a SME, a SME in this. And that's uh, Big Sergeant Scott, who, if you guys don't know his back backstory here a little bit, I know we've talked about this before on previous shows, that he was what we call a TFO, which was a task force officer. Uh, he was assigned to the DEA. And uh, he worked with that for years, uh, and that gave him access to both the federal and the local criminal justice, uh, state level, you know, local level, county level uh, criminal justice process. So he's going to be our guy talking to us and leading us through, you know, the the warrant process. A lot of people just think like the cops, like we think up, hey, I want to get a warrant on somebody's home. Mm-hmm. This high level right. of intrusion of privacy and expectation of privacy and some of the things that go about and people confuse oftentimes arrest warrants with search warrants and how on the criminal justice side of that, that is really maligned like everything else. And some ways people say that criminal justice system is being weaponized without really knowing what's going on. Right. Um, and Scott's going to take us through it. So, uh, Chris, you got anything to add here on the front end um, from? No, I just think I just was watching, obviously, and and I know, and you know, I know basically what kind of goes on the search warrants and stuff. I was more on the serving the search warrant mm-hmm. than I was writing them, and you know, just over the last couple of weeks with this whole thing with, uh, you know, President Trump, Mar a Lago, and all the other stuff. Um, it's just I've got a lot of questions, and I thought, you know what, let's just lay it out there, do a quick show let people know what's going on. And I'm not going to get into who, what, yes, no, or whatever. I just think we should just kind of lay it out there and kind of discuss some of the things that were going to go, uh, that would go on in the warrant. That's all. Yeah. I had good fortune of working with Scott for so many years. And he really like early on really coached me through writing them. Like, like you, Chris, I did a lot of, you know, SWAT stuff. You just are there for the execution of, it. you're not really writing it. I mean, understand what it's for and things like that, but you're really more about the tactics associated with it. But Scott was really good in educating me and a lot of other guys in our unit and our agency to, you know, writing it, what you got to do and develop it. So Scott, why don't you take everybody through how this whole process starts uh, a to Z and, and kind of give it a, uh, you know, a, a lunch pail version. Of that, like yeah. Really so, good. I mean, you know, you guys, again, we're, we're all familiar with doing these from over the years and, and have been on the, you know, the execution side as well as the preparation side and the investigation side, because I think that's one thing, you know, I, I've been listening to all this about the, the execution of the search warrant and the raid and all this stuff they've been talking at, uh, Trump's house. And, you know, again, it's one of those things when you, when you know the, the business and the ins and outs of it, you have a little bit more 
insight into it, but you hear what they're saying about it. And I think there's just a lot of confusion about what is really done with search warrants, how they come about and what it really takes to get a search warrant. So, you know, just one of the main things is that obviously if you're say in this instance, because we're talking about search warrants on homes, you, it, you have to show, you have to have an investigation. There has to be something that is leading up to a search warrant. You can't just walk up, you know, walk into a state's attorney's office, walk into a judge's chambers and say, I want a search warrant for this person's house, or I want a search warrant for this person's vehicle. It's, it's one of the most intrusive things in our, in our legal system in, in order to be able to do that. And a lot of times takes a significant amount of background and preparation and investigation to even lead to, you know, getting the okay for a search warrant. And then if you do are granted a search warrant, say for a residence, are you going to, what exactly are you going to be able to go in there and search for and recover? It's not just, it just doesn't give you free will to break someone's door down and go and spend the next seven hours in their house rummaging through and turning drawers upside down in their house and, and emptying their closets because you might be looking for one specific thing. So that's a big part of it too, is that search warrants, they, they're, they're, you're targeting specific things based on what the crime is. So just, you know, kind of as, uh, as an example, I was, you know, looking over something, one that I was involved in not too long ago. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a money laundering investigation. And so you're talking about like, what you're going to be doing initially is you're, you're, you're doing an investigation, you're doing surveillance, you're meeting with informants, you're doing a variety of different things. Now, when you feel that you've actually gotten to the point where you think you can get a search warrant for a residence, now you're talking to a state's attorney and saying, Hey, this is what we've done up to this point. Now we feel that we have enough to execute a search warrant on on this residence. So you're going to have to write that search warrant. And essentially, you initially, in that search warrant, you're going to identify who you are. You're a police officer, whatever type of law enforcement officer it is, that you are coming to the court in order to request a search warrant for residence XYZ. And now you not only do you have to provide a valid an accurate description of the home because we've all heard these stories about how search warrants accidentally get executed at the wrong residence. So just right off the bat, you absolutely need to be sure that you've documented the specific address that it's verified where you're going to be uh, executing the search warrant. And then you're you have to list out what types of violations you you're you're executing that search warrant for. Is it money laundering? Is it narcotics? Is it financial crimes? So you have to, you can't just, it's not just a a throwing out a net and taking anything that you can get. It's saying I'm executing this search warrant because I believe the things that I'm going to recover further these criminal charges that I'm looking for, like I just listed. So you're going to, you're going to lay that out where it is that I'm going to do this search warrant what is it? What are the criminal offenses that I'm trying to support through executing the search warrant? And then what they call the two wit, the the legal jargon, some of the legal jargon that's in that search warrant, which essentially means what are those things that I'm going to be searching for? So again, it has to fit whatever the crime is that you're investigating. If it's narcotics, I'm looking for evidence of narcotics. I'm looking for drugs. I'm looking for scales. I'm looking for packaging. I'm looking for possibly firearms. If you can show that there's firearms tied to that, you're, you're uh, searching for large amounts of currency, maybe electronics. Everything's electronics nowadays, phones, cell phone, or I'm sorry, cell phones, 
tablets, laptops, identification, verifying, you know, who lives in the house, what, what just we can prove who's there, who's involved in this case. Then you might have something, you know, you're probably going to have something in there again, where you're supporting what you're looking for. And we talked about this just before we got started was, was safes. A lot of people keep valuable things and things related to their criminal enterprises in safes when the, with, when they are within their homes. So, and, and you guys know this from ones that we've done before, where sometimes you'll get a, a judge that will say, yes, you can search for all these five things, but for whatever reason, not firearms. Okay. So you can't, you might find firearms, but you can't seize those firearms in that search warrant. Or we've, but in the same token, you could be looking for narcotics and there's a safe. Then you're like, well, narcotics should be in the safe. Then what happens? Right. So maybe you, if he okays the safe, could have a couple different situations. You could have the safe and any and all locked containers or, you know, some type of verbiage like that in the search warrant. And you have, you, you're able to open that search warrant, that safe as a, as a factor in that search warrant. It may, might be locked. You might get the person who is the owner of it. You might convince them to give you the access to the code for it. You may have to break it open. Now, one of the things, you know, I was hearing from this search warrant in Mar-a-Lago was like, they had a safe cracker with them and all this. I, I, I've never heard of anything like that. I mean, I, you know, and I, I don't know what confirmation right. we had from that. It sounded a little, it sounded a little TV, you know, kind of made up kind of thing. And right. maybe it's embellished a little bit, but yes, do we have tools that we can use to break safes open if we need to? Certainly. And you may or may not, that might be something that you're doing on scene, but it might also be doing something that you're taking that safe with you. And then you're going to be opening it, you know, you're going to bring it back to your police station or your jail or whatever, and you're going to open it there. Now, one thing I, I also noticed that I kept hearing over and over again was, oh, they took boxes and boxes of documents and you don't know everything that was in all of those boxes of documents. Well, correct. But they did also provide property receipts. When, you, when, they're, when you're taking those things out of the house, there's going, to be, there's going to be an inventory of what those things are that you take from the house. You, it, that might be accurate. They might have found five boxes of, of whatever that, you know, this sensitive doc, these sensitive documents were that they were looking for. But uh, do you have the time to sit there and thumb through all of that while you're on scene at this search warrant? No, you can't stay in this house for just an extended period of time and spend the next 24 hours going through all this stuff. You're going to seize documents that you can reasonably say would be related to this execution of this search warrant. And there may be things that you wind up turning back over at a later date. I mean, that, that happens with a variety of different you know, types of property. So I think some, just the way that you were hearing some of those things, I think either, you know, it was maybe that didn't, people weren't giving a hundred percent accurate uh, account of what they were doing with that stuff, or just, again, not providing some explanation as to, um, why you take those things. So this, but this goes back to real quick, if I could, Scott, this goes back to the idea that people don't even understand the constitution that they're governed by. The fourth amendment clearly states things that just said, Scott's the affiant when he shows before a judge or he brings somebody with him. That's an affiant that's about to do an affidavit. That's basically a written document that they sign and they swear by. So no, as the fourth amendment reads the text of this, that talks about warrants. So no warrant shall be issued except upon probable cause being established, which is what Scott talked about. You build this case and it's called building probable cause. That's something like this happens, not proof, you know, 
that this is going to be a conviction. It's just proof that we're trying to establish the fact that a crime has occurred, and it comes from a lot of different sources. So you're trying to fur- you're trying you're trying to further evidentiary right, um, right. evaluation of the case, and it, and it takes time. You just can't walk in and say, hey, "Judge, I think that guy's doing drugs because I stopped him on a traffic stop. He's got weed in his car. He must have weed in his house. I need a search warrant." The judge is going to say, "You know, you're going to need more than that. You're going to need way more than <laughs> right, that. Right, like you're you're right. going to have to get somebody to come forward and say, I've seen numerous times. This is where he keeps it. He keeps it in very specific places. He keeps it under his bed in his bedroom." in this location, all those things, very specific things have to be listed at this house, at this location. This house looks like this, which is located this way, facing this direction, things along those lines. And cops still sometimes go to the wrong place. And I got to be honest with you, I'm just talking from my own. We've done, I don't know, I've been involved in dozens upon dozens of search warrants, whether it be as a swap operator, drug officer, or a cop working the street they asked to help with that it was a case you developed with. If you're hitting the wrong house, Literally, you're hitting the wrong house or the wrong residence. You're kind of like really just reckless because right. by the oh, time yeah. you get in front yeah. of the judge, the judge is going to make an assumption as a cop. You could tell apartment A from apartment B, right? He's not going to ask you like if he has to ask you, he's probably already doubtful as to whether you're doing a good job of establishing the probable cause to get there. But that all being said, Scott just talked about stuff that you can read yourself and go, did this happen or not? These things you can. They say they fished for a judge on this. Any judge that hated Trump would have allowed this to happen. Judges are still reputable people, just like cops should be. And because a judge has a certain political opinion doesn't mean that the judge can't separate himself or herself from that when it comes to doing the job and saying, yeah, either you got something or you don't. People are going to say you're naive, Ferguson, for saying that. But look, man, I'm sorry. I've seen this stuff firsthand. I've seen it like whatever. I've been called out by judges. I've watched other officers get called out by judges. The judge is like, go, you need more or okay, you're good to go. I got this, whatever. At the end of the day, you know, it's up to the cop doing a good job on the front end with it. So he's talking about things that are very specific. Like you can't ask for guns if there was no indication that guns were being used. Scott brings up some good points that we should all probably all know as American citizens that we kind of just go, well, why do I got to worry about that? I'll just let some talking out on the news, like convince me that these bad things happen. Yeah. And that's, and that's, yeah. And you covered that last bit. I mean, you, you go through this, the final, the final part of that is just the volumes and volumes of probable cause that you have to put in that. So you, I broke down the first couple parts. And again, you talk about, hey, this is who I am. This is what laws I believe are being broken. This is what I'm looking to search for and, and seize based on this search warrant. And then pages, sometimes pages and pages of probable cause, the whole history of this investigation of why it is that you are that that the that the courts are authorizing you to go in and make this entry into people's homes. And not only just the probable cause, all the search warrants that I've ever done and typically the in the area where we work, you also had to put a paragraph in there just about yourself. I've been a police officer for this long. I've worked this many types of investigations. I've done this many search warrants. It's it's really about even the the officer who's writing this search warrant, who's bringing this and their knowledge and right. experience factors into that as well. And I think what I, what we want to get across to everybody that's listening is that you know you hear the stuff that you know they you know like like Sean said they they fish for you know a judge and blah blah blah. But I think that what people have to realize is number one, a judge has to have probable cause. He's got to have a lot of stuff in there before he or she will sign that warrant and whatever it is. And, and I didn't have you know and you're hearing on the news that. Well, it was just somebody that said that they saw it. Well, I'd have to believe it's going to be more than that before a federal judge puts his, you know, his signature on on the warrant. But- this early on in the process of the warrant being served, it's not going to be out there under FOIA requests that people can read and see. And by the time that's doable and people FOIA, the drama's all out of it. Nobody wants to show that to you from the media anyway. Here's what it said. Here's why it said what it said. Because Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, like 
generally you're looking at if you're pushing 96 hours after a warrant is signed, usually you got to go back up and what they call is either freshen it up or dump the warrant and get a whole new one. If you don't execute that search warrant by a certain amount of time, generally the the time to execute the search warrant is way, way shorter as it should be than the right. investigation led up to it. And then within a certain amount of time after the search warrant is executed, you have to go back to the court or the judge that issued it and say, here's what we found. And if the judge sees repeatedly that you keep coming back and saying, we didn't get anything out of this, the judge is going to be like, wait a minute, what, what kind of cases are you investigating? That every time I issue a search warrant to invade somebody's privacy of their home, that you never provide any results of the proof because that's the right. other thing I'm hearing. Like nothing was in the safe. Nothing was. Yeah. There. Has that happened right. before and in me on cases? Yeah, absolutely. You get there, you think it's the case. Sure. The guy's dry on his drugs. He sold them all off. He got tipped off. You executed, and you're like, shit. We came up with nothing. And the bosses are like, you know, basically, yeah. WTF? Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Because we just invaded right. somebody's privacy. Yeah, and you have to go back. That's one final piece to this: is you have to go back to the court with the inventory and say. Here is all the things that we seized as a result of this search warrant. You have to go back and be able to show that. And and one quick last little thing I want to I want to touch on that I I just was thinking about when we were talking real quick is that you also have to leave a copy of the search warrant there for at, at the residence where you execute the search warrant. But now what people don't maybe understand is that that search warrant, the copy of the search warrant that you're leaving there is just basically the the judge okaying the search warrant for this premises is on this date and this time. It does not have all of that. It is not the full search warrant with all the background, all the probable cause of the entire case in it. Right. So that's that's just a thing that maybe people, you know, I just something I wanted to mention that yes, you have to leave something there showing proof of the execution of the search warrant, but that document that you leave at the where you execute it is not going to contain all of the information. Your entire you know, case background that's in the actual search warrant. Now, one of the last things I want to cover before we wrap up this quick hit here is the fact that I just read an article that the FBI allegedly took um, the Trumps, Donald and whoever was there, um, President Trump, Melania, uh, Melania, all of them, they took their um, passports. Now, I don't, again, I don't know whether this is true or not, and I don't want to speculate that, but let's just say that has got nothing to do with the case. And again, we we didn't read the case, what they had on the whole case. We don't know any of that. Let's just say for an argument's sake that they took that and it has nothing to do with the case. Does that neg negate the case, the warrant or what? I would just say that you're going to have to have justification for why that is that you're taking that. And if you don't, you're going to have to return it. I mean, the, the only thing that I could think of, you know, okay. the only reason I could think that maybe you would be doing that is you're, you're, anticipating somebody, you know, leaving the country or, or doing something along those lines, you know, fact, because the whole article is on the fact that, you know, if this is found to be, um, that they did take this, let's just say they took it in air that it's going to, it's, it's a total violation of their fourth amendment, right? It's going to negate the whole case. I don't think that that's true. I think like you said, they just have to return it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I, I don't think that, I mean, I don't think I don't I can't even think of a time where we had even done anything and taken like right. something, you know, like a passport. That seems like a strange thing, you know, to take. But again, not knowing all the ins and outs of whatever the basis is of this search warrant. But it goes back to the if you take things and it turns out that they're not related to they they are not related to what you're trying to do to to further this case, you're gonna you're gonna have to return it. Is it gonna throw the whole case out? I don't think so. Um, unless it was just done, I mean, like, um, 
you know, in, maliciously, intentionally. Right. Yeah, that could right. certainly have some impact on it. But if it was just done, and again, it's the feds, it might be a little bit different. Seems seems like an odd thing to do, but I don't right. think it's going to destroy the whole case either way. Right. Well, as usual, okay. please pay attention right. and and use cooler heads and calmer heads and realize there's a lot of people out there. There's a there's a whole industry based upon false information. And it's not just because Trump says it's fake news or somebody else on the other side says it's fake news. It's literally fake news. Like you don't know what's going on because there's no way to possibly know this because the investigation that's happening and stop undermining the entire process because people, what we want you to understand is that when this happens at the level that it's happening in the president of the United States, whether it's just or not, it now undermines everyone in the process. And when police officers are now trying to do this for good reason, People are now ginned up about it and will use a lot more violence against the police, will do things that some people think are justified at this point. But at the end of the day, cops are getting killed, showing up to domestics without warrants. Now you're there to execute a search warrant on someone and they feel it's unjust. You know, it, it can lead to a lot of bad things. So there is a process. It's best to understand it. Scott did a great job of explaining a lot of it to us from his practical experience. Thanks, Sarge. And, uh, nice we can't job, thank him bro. enough. Okay. And, uh, you know, he... Uh, he he just got back from uh, one of his many trips uh, uh, with the U-Hauls. Uh, but again, uh, U-Haul U-Haul's got a sponsor yeah, the show, bro. U-Haul liquid Just put our logo on the right. side. So Chris, take us home. And we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll so, see you next time. Thanks everybody. We're gonna, and we plan on doing a lot more of these quick hit type of things just to kind of keep you informed and up to date, so we can you know all be better informed. If you have any questions, uh, concerns, please. Go to the website, leave an email, and please help us spread the word. And by doing that, uh, you can help us by downloading it, leaving, uh, subscribing to it, leaving a rating and review for us, and uh, getting the word of mouth to people. Everybody listen. Thanks, all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. Ever wanted to ask a police officer a question? Mail your questions to 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. That's the number 3, CopsTalk at gmail.com, and we'll answer them on the show. Follow us on Instagram at 3CopsTalk. That's the number 3CopsTalk. Thanks for listening and stay safe out there.